Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon, how are you? Yeah, not half bad. How are our listeners going? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell yeah, us let us it. know, let yeah. us know. Tell Absolutely. us what you're grateful for. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. What, what are you grateful for, Mon? I am grateful... That I'm awake this morning. I'm alive. Oh come on! You'd no, be because than that. because it was really hard. Because you I you were um, nearly dead yesterday. Yeah, because I'm just becoming a maniac with this steps challenge that I'm doing. And you are living a busy life. Lately. Yeah, yeah. I you so don't many have challenges to, going on. You got challenges going. You've got, got a couple no time of jobs for happening. Sleep, man. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should ditch sleep. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a waste of time, isn't it? Uh-huh. You're not doing anything productive. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I ended up being on the treadmill for an hour and a half last night trying to <laughs> climb the leaderboard and stay. In our first position, and then somebody snuck through in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, who does three thousand steps in between ten p.m. and one a.m.? That's what I want to know. I want to know there's some sort of cheating going on. Anyway, I'm no longer in first position. I don't. What think. you need to do is get your pedometer, and I'll make you a little machine. We can talk about that after the show. I'm sure it can't be hard. Hook it up to my drill. There will be a way. We can figure this thing out, and then we could sell. We could patent it and selling. I'm sure there's a bunch of other people doing these step challenges. <laughs> oh, we could even put it on a timer so that it goes off at like three in the morning. Oh, yeah, and then you can be extra cool. Yeah, just when they like least expect it. Three in the morning. Uh-huh. Seriously, uh-huh. they'll be like, "Man, that mon, she's a machine." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "It literally is a machine." <laughs> what are you grateful for? Uh, house to myself. House to ourselves. Yeah, I was going to say house to yourself. Sounds like your wife. No, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. That would be the worst, worst case scenario ever imaginable. Occasionally, I have that scenario. And uh, it's nice for about an hour. Yeah, just just so that people don't think you're being rude to your guests who have left. Maybe you should explain that it was just your son who was visiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, man, I must have really hated those guests. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, all good, all good. Hey, yeah, give us a call. Tell us what you're grateful for. We love hearing about what people are grateful for so much. You can text it to us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But just by the way. You are listening to the delayed broadcast. Indeed you are, which means that everything's going to be out of date. The news stories will be a little bit old. Uh, a little the quiz bit stale. and all, Yeah, everything's just a... Jump over to the live show. Get it fresh. We would love you to join us on the live show. Uh, the way to do that is go to faithfm.com.au and press play or download the TuneIn app, get the free version of it, make Faith FM Radio your favourite and have a perfect Faith FM live show signal from one side of Australia to the other. Can't get better than that. About the oil dripping from my head I never did dream beyond the pastures I could tend It never was about the praise Not about the street parade I didn't really need a crowd when Goliath fell down I never meant to work Simple shepherd songs Or hide away inside a cave Safe from danger's arms I never meant to wear a crown Or try to bring armies down It never 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Chris Tomlin with your heart here on Faith FM. And mine, where are you up to with the quiz? Okay, so we do have a rollover quiz from yesterday that no one has answered and we are looking for a winner for. Uh, this is a what am I quiz. And Lyle couldn't figure it out yesterday until he reached for his Bible and then looked up the answer, which is funny because he seems to think that's cheating when our contestants do it, but not when he does it. 
Anyway, if yeah, you want to well, see... <laughs> exactly. I was actually wrong. Yeah, you, I was like, but I know this verse off by heart, but I was... Blindsided by the wrong part I was, of the verse. I was, I was blending two verses together. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, I'm out of the race for this one. You can jump onto our Instagram if you want to hear the previous two clues to this quiz. Uh, our Instagram name is Faith FM Live, lowercase one word, and uh, and just play a blackout Insta story, which you do by tapping on the profile picture and turning up your volume. And you will see my morning face telling you the two clues uh, that we had yesterday for this one quiz so far. But I'm going to give you the third clue for it. So what am I? The widow who lives for this is dead while she lives. That I would never, ever, ever get it from that one right there. A widow who lives for this is dead while she lives. Give us a call if you think you know the answer. Yeah, it is pretty cryptic. I don't. Yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite enjoying this one. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you win this morning, we will send you the prize, which is. Um, a book that I'm going to tell you about in the next segment because I haven't pulled it out of the prize box yet. <laughs> okay, so we'll find something from the prize box in just a moment. But before we do, Mon, what have you got for positively different news? Oh, such good news, Lyle. Do you like pandas? Everybody likes pandas. I know, right? This, I just want to cuddle There's one. international law against not liking pandas. <laughs> I love it. There is. Do you know, when I was 11, I was won- actually a fact. Uh, is it? Yes. I like it. They're in, I'm not a criminal. Internationally protected. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. So, so there's an international law that says you must like pandas. Well, when I was at 11... So if you don't 11, like pandas... I, I entered ooh. into a colouring in competition that was hosted by Coles Supermarket, and I actually won it. And I won a giant stuffed panda. How big? Like this big. Oh, okay. And Everybody as an 11-year-old... Everybody can see how oh, big Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let, me, let me explain for a moment. Let me explain for a moment how, how radio, radio works. works. <laughs> it's one of these things where you hear it, you don't see yeah, it. Okay. So, um, well, how big is, is that in centimeters? I'm not very good. Like a, a meter? What? What on earth is centimeters? I've never heard of centimeters. That would be. You've never heard of centimeters. Like, oh. Nobody uses centimeters. Yes, they do. Okay, I say it's about a meter tall, and maybe like I want to say maybe. Uh, half a meter wide. wide. 50 centimeters, in other words. Um, so, so it was huge. For an 11 year old, it was like almost as big as I was. And I was so happy. I remember, like, I was, it was one of those rare moments. I was just stunned into silence. I just couldn't even speak. I just hugged it. And it's been, I still own it and I still love it. And, uh, and I've loved uh, pandas ever since. And so you can imagine how delighted I am um, at the moment that China, you know, one of the, <laughs> Very few things that they're getting right at the moment is uh, is is their initiatives that they're doing with the giant panda population. Because as we know, they've been on that uh, endangered species list for quite a while, uh, but they're coming off that because they're having such wonderful success in uh, in reestablishing the population of giant pandas there in China. And you can, it's so great when you scroll through Instagram or I guess maybe any social media, and you see um, you know these Chinese scientists working with the pandas and the pandas. They're just not having a bar of it. They just want to roll around in the grass and climb stuff. And 
<laughs> lie on their backs and rub their bellies. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> anyway, um, further news has just come out uh, uh, yesterday that China is actually spending $1.5 billion on creating a new giant panda park. It's going to be three times the size of Yellowstone Park. Ooh. I know. And for those of us who've been to Yellowstone Park, that thing. That's enormous. Enormous. Like, enormous. So this is going to be incredible. Um, so it's not as big as our one in the outback that is the uh, Catproof Park. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's, thi- that's like that thing huge. Is, that's like half a country. Yeah. Um, so this park is set to span, and I'm sorry that this is uh, not in metric, um, 10,476 square miles, um, which is huge. Okay, that is pretty, yeah, that that's is pretty huge. big. Yeah, that, that just, that's very big. That's very, very, very big. Um, so they the designated a massive uh, wilderness patch for this. And uh, yeah, it's going to have you know, 1.5 billion is a lot of money um, to fund it, which is really great. I wonder, like 1.5, what are they going to do with all that money? Like put up signs, this is the panda reserve. Like I don't understand. Is there a trade in poaching pandas? Do they need to provide security or something? Or oh, maybe actually. Maybe I haven't thought I don't of that. Think there maybe. Is. I, don't think, I don't think anybody shoots pandas. Yeah, I think I think they would be slaughtered if they were found to be shooting pandas because people love pandas. Yeah, everybody loves pandas. Yeah, poacher would be well hated. Probably like the most hated profession on the planet. Like even uh, even more so than what lawyers and <laughs> I think poaching is one of the most hated professions on the oh, planet. It's terrible. It's terrible. Did you actually on a side note? Did you see what they're doing to rhinos um, to stop rhino poachers in Africa? They cut their horns off. No, they're dyeing the horn pink uh, with this dye. It's actually hilarious if you look up pictures of rhinos with pink horns, and so you'll see this rhino with this like bright pink horn. Look at all look at all chic. Um, but the dye like it's non toxic to the rhino. What happens is you can't clean it off. You can't like uh, bleach it out. Like it's permanently damaged. Um, so it destroys like the the ivory quality, whatever it is that the poachers are after. And um, it also shows up um, in scans at airports. Uh, the cut the dye shows up, so it's like a it's like a almost like a fluorescent kind of thing. So when they put it underneath the scanners, it like glows. And then also because sometimes um, it's not just, you know, cutting the horn off for aesthetics. Um, sometimes they grind the horn down and then like, you know, silly people drink it because they think it gives them strength or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you grind it down, the pink doesn't actually leave and so the dye is stuck in there. So even when it's ground up, you look at it like some weird pink looking stuff and it also shows up on the scans. So they've, like, I mean... Yeah, I it would be kind of uh, unmasculine to drink... Pink goo, yeah. Pink goo uh-huh. to try and um, increase your masculinity. That's it. That's it. The thing that I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that it's, it's actually not toxic to drink the pink goo either for humans. Safe for the rhino to wear. A bit like nail polish. Like we can wear nail polish, but don't you be drinking yeah, nail should, polish. They should, they should just make um, it toxic. Yeah, yeah. So Problem solved right there. But the thing no, is, I, right? I didn't actually mean that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something in the back of my mind that says this is a good idea. Yeah, the <laughs> poison only, the lot. The only thing is, no, we wouldn't do that. The only thing is about this, like looking at the pictures of rhinos with pink horns, you're like, ha ha, for a minute. Then after a minute, like actually, that rhino looks kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the rhino doesn't actually care. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I tend to think that we're sol- we're doing one of those things that humans love to do. We solve a problem by creating a bigger problem, because I'm sure somewhere down the line they're going to find out it does affect rhinos, or maybe even like their eyesight or their smell of vision or whatever it is that they're dealing with. It can't just be not affecting the rhino whatsoever. And also aesthetically, if I went on safari and I wanted to see some rhinos, I'd want to see them. Okay, but which natural. do you prefer? Do you want? Do, would you prefer to see them without the horn or with the pink horn? 
Oh, with the pink horn. Like, it all comes down to... Like, I'd rather see alive rhinos with pink horns than have them go extinct. So, those are your two options at the yeah. moment. No horns or pink horns. It's the only way that you're going pink to horns all the way. preserve rhinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink horns. Because they, they often kill them when they take their horn off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is terrible. So, I'd rather have the yep. pink horn than have no horn. Um, and same way, I'd rather the, the Chinese government spend $1.5 billion on pandas than there no, be no pandas. I haven't been to China yet. But when I do, oh, I can't wait to see them pandas. Um, this park, by the way, is already home to 80% uh, of wild pandas that currently exist. Uh, and this is a much uh, a big relief to conservationists. Um, you know, it, it, because of part of this park, which is now being enlarged, uh, it was because this is the place where, they, where their work there took pandas from the endangered list to the threatened list, mm-hmm. um, which was just like two years ago or so. Um, yeah, so this is really great news coming out of our... I guess a section of our planet which we're doing poorly in. So many animals are going extinct. Plants are going extinct every year, every day. Uh, I think you remember you were saying stats recently. So many. Yeah, one million uh, threatened to go extinct in the next uh, 100 years or so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One million species of plants and animals. The other good thing about this new park that they're building is it's going to boost local economy cause, and, and alleviate poverty. Um, there's about 170,000 people who live in the region and it's going to create a tourist destination for those panda lovers. So, yeah, hopefully one day I'll be able to go see this massive three times the size of Yellowstone Park Panda okay, but how do you, in a park that's that big, how do you find a panda? Yeah, I was thinking that. But, you know, if they have so many, maybe it's just like, you know, panda paradise. You won't have to go far to find them, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, like when, when you went to safari, 10, you, didn't, miles. you didn't struggle to find the big five when you were that's in right. Africa. So. That's right. And that place was enormous. But, yeah, we saw all, all the big five plus more. Anyway, this is Melissa Otto with a really nice song, um, See You When We Get There. And I guess if we don't see our pandas and our rhinos here, we'll see them in heaven. It doesn't seem quite right to say goodbye, my friend But there's a work to be done to tell the world that he is love If I don't see you here again My brother, I'll see you when we get there God's great mercy be forever with you Courage, courage until we get there We are here for just a little while My sister, God surely gives beautiful gifts You are dear to my heart Reminding me of his caring love Fellow pilgrim will still be taking the same way home Even though oceans apart Still be fighting the same fight together If I don't see you here again My sister, I'll see you when we get there God's great Forever with courage, courage until we get there. We are here for just a little while. For the blessed hope we have has to be known by all our family, so our Father can finally take us home. 
I'll be praying for you that he will hold and keep you through till he comes and he is coming soon. Brother, sister, I'll see you when we get there. God's great mercy be forever with you. Courage, courage until we get there. We are here for just a little while. We are here for just a little you're listening to Melissa Otto. See you when we get there here on Faith FM. And Mon, let's have another clue for that quiz, that very obscure quiz that we have right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number if you can figure this one out. Eighth. But I only figured it out by looking it up in the Bible. That's true. You did. Yeah. To prove my Which wrong. Which you are more than welcome to do. Because I was convinced I was right. And I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Got that spick idea I did, you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. okay. Uh, who, uh, sorry, what am I? A fool finds this in evil conduct. A fool finds this in evil conduct. Okay, you might have to dig your Bibles out to answer this one. It doesn't seem to be getting any easier. Yeah, it's well written. I think, I think in fact, the first couple of clues were probably the two easiest ones. Yeah, it's true, actually. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that if we run out of clues, you and I are going to have to make some up for this one, and this one's going to be pretty hard. Yeah. Anyway, we can make up some easier clues, I'm sure. Okay, so in uh, other news around the world, uh, let me see, what have we got here? We have um, Eton College in Western Australia. Do you know what Eton, Eton College is? About 200 kilometres south of Perth. Have you ever heard of uh, Eton College in Western Australia? Or Western Australia? What town is it in? Uh, it's about 200 k south of Perth. I'm not exactly sure. In York? But they have uh, just um, reinstated one of their teachers, a man by the name of Mr. Grant Walton. Okay. Um, he has been reinstated. Um, under the condition that he does, uh, that he's retrained in managing student conflict. What so happened? Under very, fairly strict conditions. Okay, so there was a uh, a schoolyard brawl that broke out, and in the middle of that brawl, he grabbed hold of uh, a fourteen-year-old boy from behind, mm-hmm. and uh, withstrained his his arms, and um, and then used his leg to. Um, push one leg out from underneath him and push him to the ground and try and hold him down, all the while this 14-year-old kid is uh, just kicking and punching him. And for restraining a child who was in a brawl, he lost his job. Are you serious? Yeah. What was he supposed to do, just let the kid attack another kid? Yeah, just let the kids um, kill each other. That's insane. Okay, so he he him beat up on this kid. He didn't cane the kid. I watched the video here this morning. Yeah, I watched the video. All he did was grab this kid, drag him out of the fight, and put him on the ground and try and hold him there. All the while, all the time, he's being kicked and punched by this kid. So his options are: stop a fight, get fired, or let the fight happen and then let the parents of the beaten up kid sue because they didn't do anything to protect their beaten up child. Yeah. Or, or let the let, let, let the kids just kill each other. This is the world in which we live right now. So I don't this guy, this guy, this guy got booted out of his job, and now he's been reinstated. But he has to be re-educated in how 
Uh, had a conflict. What, had a conflict. What, what, is, what is it he was supposed to have done? Well, this is what I would really like to know. And I guess he's going to get trained in some kind of, you know, uh, I don't even, daftness um, on what you do whenever there is a schoolyard fight. Have you ever broken up a fight? Um, I'm pretty sure I have, but nothing's coming to mind right now. Um, yeah. Anyway, the Western Australia Director, D- Director General of Education, Lisa Rogers, has uh, allowed him back, and this is all the result of a massive amount of community pressure. Oh, amen. Because the community just shook their heads in absolute wonderment that the Western Australian Director, Director General of Education, Lisa Rogers, would boot this guy out for, particularly when they saw the video of what happened. Yeah, yeah. They're like, what do you expect him to do? Um, and so they had a, there, was a, there was a protest, about uh, 40 teachers and uh, staff um, were protesting. And, uh, of course, um, you know, the, there was a tremendous amount of pressure that was placed on. Um, even went all the way through to the Premier of Western Australia who watched the video and through his support by Mr. Walton, his support behind Mr. Walton. And eventually, grudgingly, he was allowed back in. This is the world we live in today, you know. You wonder why parents choose homeschooling when you kind of, you see this kind of ridiculous and nonsense going on in, in our educational system. Well, it does give me a little bit of hope that the community at least was being sensible about it. Like, <coughs> they were like, no, he's doing a great job. Let him back in. That gives me a little bit of hope. But the West Australian country community, it's too good as head to some of course, degree. Of course, of course the, uh, the, the, the teenage boy's mother had accused Mr. Walton of physically abusing um, her child. Oh, of course, she was going to. And say now that. she's become another victim because she has been bullied by the community so much that she's had to remove her child and put him in another school. <laughs> so you know, you sort of you sort of look at this situation and you think this is what is wrong with our world right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is seriously what is wrong with our world not right now. Our educational system and our parents need to go back and to read the book of Proverbs and to oh, read yeah. what the Bible says yeah. because we are teaching and training our children to have zero respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, certainly back in the day when caning was a thing, it it was a, a system that was abused and I don't ever want to see the abuse come back. Yeah. But I do want to see strict um, discipline come back in where we actually teach our young people some level of respect rather than teaching them that they are just, you know, little gods and goddesses. Yeah. Do you know what? This kind of... This kind of exemplifies a lot of issues that we're having at the moment with these kind of stories where you shake your head. Because if you think about it, it's someone being stopped from sinning and then trying to turn around and, and twist it and blame someone else for it. Okay, so basically it works like this. It was Satan who, come and, who came and said, there are no consequences for sin. You shall not surely die. Mm-hmm. And so when we raise our children with no consequences for sin, we are training them to, them to be servants of Satan. It is that simple. Yeah, absolutely. And we now have an education system where uh, it's very, very difficult for there to be any kind of consequences for uh, for sin. And, and teachers are you know beside themselves. We have a a massive lack of people taking up teaching in our country right now. People who are terrified. I would be terrified to become a teacher because you know your classroom of unruly children, and you're not allowed to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no possible way of of, of even beginning to um, 
you know. Yeah, because the kids have the power now. They can turn around and be like, I'm going to get the teacher fired, and they can. Yeah. Mm. And uh, anyway, it's just it's just the world in which we live. And if, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, another story here coming up in the news, uh, looking at which country gets drunk more than anywhere else in the world. I know the country that drinks the most. I'm not sure that they're the, the drunkest. Yeah, this was the drunkest yeah. country. The drunkest country is the UK. Yeah, that doesn't Followed by uh, the United States, Canada, and Australia is number four. Yeah, yeah. So we are some of the, we don't drink the most alcohol, but we are the drunkest country. Yeah. Um, the UK average was 51.1 times per year. Wow. Um, this is a global survey that has taken place, in, place annually uh, for the last eight years. Um, surveys around about 120,000 people. And this is despite the fact that abstention or abstaining from drinking alcohol at all is on the rise amongst young people who are seeing, you know, the uh, the research that is coming out. Um, you know, for instance, the uh, you know, World Health, Health Organization, the NHS, etc., who are stating that there is no safe level of drinking. Amen. Zero safe level of drinking. Well, I'm really glad to hear that that number is rising. But, yeah, it, I think... Um there's always going to be a backlash. People who are like, "I oh, know I'm invincible. I can do it. It's fine." Everyone else is like, you know, going non-alcoholic. Let me further go down that alcoholic path. And you know, this binge drinking is definitely, I think, a contributing factor to that. To that, so those statistics, like they don't drink as much as uh, the Czech Republic does, but when they drink, but when they, they drink, get drunk, yeah. And this was the thing they brought out in the UK within the culture and within English-speaking countries, uh, US, Canada, Australia. They, they 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 noted that this was a thing amongst English-speaking countries when people drink. The purpose is not to enjoy the alcohol, enjoy the flavour of the alcohol. The purpose is to get drunk. So they're not actually drinking for the purpose of you know just like this. Um, they are you know uh, uh, drinking to the point uh, the, uh, to the point just, of getting drunk yeah, for the yeah. purpose of getting drunk, um, which is uh, yeah. And of course, um, the Australia is the highest in alcohol-related emergencies. Really? Yes. Oh, that's a disgrace to our country. Three point seven percent of respondents had sought uh, emergency treatment for as a result of using alcohol. Um, with the UK coming in second. So we're more dangerous than anywhere else in the world. Um, and on top of that, alcohol is seen as the least value-for-money drug available. Oh, absolutely. So uh, LSD, mushrooms, MDMA, uh, ketamine, cannabis, GHB uh, are seen as being more value-for-money. Well, we're going to have a song break, and then we're going to come well. back. Sorry, we're going to come back with part two of an oh, interview yes. we did with Jennifer Jill. So I hope you enjoyed part one yesterday. Uh, we recorded this at Big Camp a couple of weeks ago, but at part two right after this song, Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. All victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, solid, white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus 
Jesus What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb the blood of Jesus said nothing but the blood of Jesus are you washed in the blood in the blood of the Lamb He sought me and bought me with nothing but the blood of Jesus Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia. And uh, joining us for part two of her story is uh, Jennifer Jill. Let's and see you say Mon it. Let's see going, you say it. No, Come on, Lyle. Not even going to try. Give it a crack. I can spell it for you. S-C-H-W-I-R-Z-E-R. Go on. You're the German. Schwerzer. 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 Yeah. I'll become a German yet. We'll do it Aussie with Schwerzer. That'll be the Aussie version of it. <laughs> but yeah, we are back with Jennifer Jill, and uh, so stoked to be. We we heard uh, we heard your um, your testimony, your personal journey there in part one, and I'm excited for part two because that's where I come in the picture. Okay. <laughs> so you actually got involved in a bunch of different ministries after you, you became a Christian, and so many. I don't, I couldn't possibly touch on everything I've done. This is many years later, obviously. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to say how many. But uh, you've had a well-rounded experience. Yeah, let's just say for many years I did music ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of tapered off on that a little bit because and your gotten, daughter's taken up the, the and my daughter yeah, is great. A, a music a musician a she's wonderful incredible musician. she's incredible so this Alison. is Allison Brooke Alison yeah yeah Brooke, but so, she's also got a another brand called Nocila which is Allison she releases back. under like two different yeah. sort of names yeah. but yeah she's great and actually uh, how I met Jennifer was I was in America for a year uh, way back in the day and um, actually was able to go to a conference where Jennifer was speaking and Allison was singing so I was like fangirling all over the place it was great <laughs> <laughs> that was cool so I ended up in a speaking, writing ministry, and then a few, 10, 15 years ago, I went back to school for counseling, and I ended up getting a degree and then a license in counseling, and I really felt that there was a need for good faith-based counseling that could be done through electronic medium like Skype and Zoom and FaceTime and also telephone. And and the just, reason that that's so cool is because you, the access is so good. There is some loss in terms of the face-to-face and the body language and all, but there is a lot of gain. And I just want to say, like, the, the, watching this has been so cool for me because the last time I saw you in person, I remember you were saying that you were about to embark on getting, you know, yeah. this new education, this new chapter yeah. of your life. And I, I remember thinking that's, you know, that's so cool, like, you know, I don't want to use the word derogatively, but a mature age student to go back to school and say, do you know what? I want to do something else yeah, for the Lord. I want yeah. to do something more because I have the capacity. God's blessed me. Yeah. And uh, and watching from afar, watching from Australia, you go through that schooling and then start this ministry because I get your emails and um, you know, you've know you now got this ministry, Abide Counseling, and watching it grow and seeing you fill what was clearly a massive need within our church has just 
just been so inspiring for someone like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about yeah. Abide Counseling. What I do is I do a lot of things under the umbrella of Abide Counseling. I, number one, have a network of counselors and mental health coaches that do distance work. In addition to that, I do training. So I train people how to do what I do because I don't believe it has to be this esoteric knowledge that only graduate degree people can have access to. I believe that there are simple principles that can be utilized in a more uh, lay context that where people can help each other with mental health issues. So I train what are basically life or mental health coaches and they take this training, and then if they follow through with it, they get certified, and then we'll put them on the webpage and so forth. Um, so I do that. I also do a lot of seminars, a lot of speaking. I'm here at camp meeting for the week, sharing my testimony. So, yeah, that's where it's gone. Another feature of Abide Counseling is that I have now developed a curriculum where we do abuse prevention and handling in the church. Because we feel like the church should be a safe refuge from the world. There's a lot of abuse in this world. We believe that there should be no abuse in the church. Amen. And so what we've decided to do is is deal with the abuse problem in the church so that there is a safe refuge. So we're sweeping our side of the street, so to speak. So that's called the Bucket Brigade. And we have basically a reporting system where people can file a report if they've experienced abuse in a church context. And we have a filing system where we'll put that report somewhere and then we handle, we help intermediate between people at times. So this is kind of like a operates independently from the church? Well, it's now, it, the Bucket Brigade is independent. Now we're working with the church to implement some of the materials from the Bucket Brigade on a union level. So we have contracted with one of the unions in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's called the Lake Union, which is one of the sections of the country in North America. And we have contracted with them to implement our trainings and our website and everything for their constituency. And we hope to carry it through to the other unions in North America and then maybe even the World Church because this is so needed. Because what often happens, you know, Christians are really dedicated to grace and love, but sometimes it's sloppy agape. Sometimes it's we're being wise as doves instead of wise as serpents. So we do need to be loving, but the most loving thing to do is someone who's an active perpetrator of sexual abuse is create strong boundaries so that they can't hurt anyone else. Absolutely. And now, I mean, I work under the assumption we have a very strong program here in Australia um, with, you know, a lot of really strict protocols that we operate under as far as abuse goes that, you know, has been rolled out Australia-wide. And I guess I work under the assumption that, you know, all countries, at least all Western countries, would have that same kind of structure with, you know, protocols and, you know, files and reporting and so police so reports sure. and all I, that kind I of stuff. I almost feel like churches are like, to some degree, like sitting ducks. And that's why you find so much abuse happening within uh, church structures uh, is because, you know, there's such a an easygoing level of trust and everyone's a Christian, so sure, we'd be cool with each other. And then you have like... You know, pedophiles yeah, but that, are that's because, that's of because that. you sit you sit in the in in the church pew. Whereas when you look at it from a pastor's perspective, where you know, for myself as a pastor, you know, I've had um, you know people who have been involved with my congregation who have been placed 
under you know because they've they've um, they've come before the courts with a child related matter and so they've been placed under you know surveillance of very chaperone. very strict <laughs> surveillance and mm-hmm. guidelines mm-hmm. by which they are either able or not able to mm-hmm. um, enter the church property mm-hmm. yeah but then whose so, whose viewpoint is more accurate you as a pastor and me as a pew sitter because I feel like I'm in the trenches so I'm getting a better look at what's really going on yeah. and I feel like yeah, but from a pastor's perspective what I see is setting up a whole system of guidelines with somebody who's like this but and, and, and making sure that that's enacted and maybe you don't actually see that process yeah, and I, place. I feel like the people in the pews we should all be trained to all that's spot right. these guys oh, absolutely. we need to be like armed we can't just be yeah, relying no on the pastor yeah, yeah, to yeah. do it because you know some of our pastors can't really follow through our pastors are so inundated with work as it is I feel like we all need to be you know um, I don't know if you realise this connection Lyle but um a few months ago, we interviewed uh, that lady, Sarah McDougall, whose video mm-hmm. went viral when she ranted about how she picked out a pedo at her church. So she's actually done your Abide training course. So that's she's one of my partners in the Bucket Brigade. Yeah. yeah. There's three so, of us, yeah. And it was, it, I'm yeah. guessing that because of the training she received that she was able to pick that guy out. Well, she gave the training. Like she. Oh, there I, you go. We're, we're partners. So this is why I think, you know, we need to arm the people in the pews. Yeah. So we're not sitting right. ducks. So, th- so there's two things I want to say. One is that the United States uh, Adventist Church in the United States does have verified volunteers, that every volunteer in the church has to take this training, similar to the one you're talking about, yep. regarding working with children. But the second thing I want to say is that doesn't prevent all abuse. No. That there's yeah. still hiding of abuse yep. issues and that we're not dealing with the bucket brigade. We're not only dealing with child abuse. We're dealing with any kind of abuse. So if a person in a, a position of spiritual Domestic authority abuse. takes advantage of that power imbalance and takes advantage of a congregant for instance that's a form of abuse and that's kind of a new thought for people they think well if she didn't try to scratch his eyeballs out if she was consenting then that means it was just an affair we don't call it an affair if it's a pastor he has a power advantage and it's at least a form of power abuse if he gets involved with the congregants. So we're dealing with stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. I'm really pleased to hear that yeah. you're dealing with this. It's a yeah. really important part so, of like how, with the With the Abide training, um, I guess I just want to know more. Like, Do you have like an, you have a farm, don't you? I, do, I have a farm in Orlando. I have two trainings a year where I teach people how to do what I do and to become mental health coaches. And then we try to have a couple trainings a year for the Bucket Brigade. But we're also always traveling and doing both kinds of trainings. So a lot of training going on. If they are interested, go to AbideCounseling.com. AbideCounseling.com. They can send me an email, a contact form, through the contact form, and I'll give them any information they need. They can also go to Bucket Brigade Against Abuse. And I'm not sure if that's .com or .org. Isn't that shameful that I don't know? But they we'll can check Google it. We'll check it. it. Now, on our socials. It, yeah. mm-hmm. I want to I ask, um, you know, ideally... We don't have predators or pedophiles or abusers in our church. But one step down from that, what to you is the ideal? Is it that everybody has mandatory training? Like, Amen. What's the that, ideal? The ideal is that when it does happen, which I personally believe is inevitable, mm-hmm. it's we live in a sinful world. And you're so right that predators target churches because people tend to be so trusting and so generous. So we are going to have problems. So a step down for that, Monica, would be from that, Monica, would be. When it does happen, we deal with it properly because what I've seen is people sweep it under the rug. I've seen situations where pastors were let go for sexual misconduct, immediately hired in another church. 
you know, go after them in the other church. People hate you for telling the truth. I've, I've seen so many tangled up situations because people just don't get it. Yeah, and this is one of the things that upsets me mm-hmm. is that, you know, we, we, get a, we get a person who, um, you know, has one of those kind of situations, go before the court, they're, they're convicted, they're, they're, yeah. they're guilty, yeah. and then we, you know, they, they serve their time, whatever, and like, well, they've, they've served their time, we can have them back into the church now, and there's like no way in a million years yeah. am I ever having this person back in my church. I will minister to them in their home. I'm happy to go to their home, I'm happy to go there on Sabbath, you know, share the Bible with them, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you don't take an alcoholic and put an alcoholic straight back into a pub yeah. as you know the center of his um, you know his community. I think depending on the crime, depending on what happened, there are some situations in which it's appropriate to say you'll just never go to church. You know, yeah, that's sad the stand- as that is, that's the standard policy here People, in Australia. Really? Yeah. People don't die from not going to church. They can watch church services online. They can have people come and visit. There are ways around it. And yeah. tragically, you know, sometimes we do things that have permanent consequences. Yeah. So what's like you just said that you know you've seen some people who like um, you know we don't deal with it properly. You've seen people who've been removed from positions, but then reinstated in different places, or, or even never removed. You know, it's like oh, he's such a cool guy. You know, we, so many people like him. You know, sermons like all these crowds come to hear him preach, which is tragically enough often the case that the people that are mo- the most exploitive are the people that are the most capable of being exploitive because they're so powerful. So the more charisma, the more talent, the more of human approval a person has, the more, I wouldn't say it's always true, because it's not, but the more they're tempted to take advantage of those things. And so we often see that these people that are committing these crimes behind closed doors are really loved. And people won't deal with it because if they destroy that alpha male, they'll destroy the whole herd. Whereas some little girl that comes along and says, he did this to me, it's easier to kind of destroy her or get her out of the picture. It doesn't cost as much to the social system, if you know what I mean. So people have a preference for these leaders. They have a bias toward them. And what we encourage people to do is not to believe alleged victims 100% because they may be lying too. We believe that false allegations are a type of abuse. And so we're trying to deal with that too. But what we say is if you're going to have a bias, have it toward the victim because it's much more difficult for them to come forward with all the humiliation entailed in that than it is for the individual being accused to lie. So we don't give it a total pass. We go on evidence at the Bucket Brigade. It's the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let everything be established. So there has to be, you know, witnesses, people willing to speak up, documents that have been sent back and forth, phone calls that have been recorded. We need evidence, and we won't go forward without evidence. At the same time, we recognize that people tend to be biased toward the perpetrator in many cases, and we try to overcome that and move that off of dead center. So... Do you think that the stats that we have for the levels of abuse and the types of abuse are inaccurate because of the under fact reporting? So, yeah, under like so many people yeah. are scared to come forward, or so they've come forward and been like thrown under the rug. One in six boys, one in four girls. That's roughly what it is in the states. It's very, very more common with girls than boys, but it's still very common. And um, we don't know how accurate they are because of underreporting. Because when that child reports, he's betraying his whole family, and his family is all he has. And so it's a huge ask of a child to come forward. Um, of course, they come to adulthood, and they're not as dependent on their family of origin. Sometimes they'll come forward then. But still, a lot of times, and a lot of times people don't want to talk about it. 
Mm. Jennifer, you remind me of uh, that verse in the Bible where it says, you know, that we need to be like trees planted by the river because you've been trained and now you're training other people and, you know, your leaves are growing and spreading. And I think it's wonderful and inspiring. You need to Um, come to my Abide Helper training, girl. I was just thinking that. You'd be awesome. uh, (laughs) I was just just in closing, I was just wondering, um, you know, for people who are listening to this and who might think, do you know what, I want a piece of this Abide training or I want to bring this into my church so we can all get trained, you know, how can they go about doing that? Is that a reality? Is that something that they can access considering you're the in the Bucket States Brigade and we're here? Has Abide, Abide Helper Training is electronic. It's online. They could go to Abide Counseling. No, they should. Well, they go to AbideCounseling.com, fill out the contact form. That'll come to me and I'll send them a link to where they can get the online training. If they want to come to the States, pay for it, you know, and fly over the pond and come to have the whole the, experience exactly they're welcome to and I hey, America is a great place to visit why not it's a beautiful place and Orlando is actually very similar in climate to where I am right now here in Australia so they can do that I'll have them contact me through abidecounseling.com and I will send them a link to that event I do it twice a year for the bucket brigade training they could do the same thing basically contact me and I'll put them on a list and we'll let them know when the next training is Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. You so if you'd much. like more information about that, uh, you can give us a call here at Faith FM 1-800-324-843 is the number. We can get you in contact with Jennifer Jill. And, um, yeah, make that take place. We'll, we'll put all of her details, of course, up on our social medias. Right now, we do need to move on with the show. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Been a blessing. Yeah, it's I've just enjoyed amazing. It. And, uh, of course, uh, you and Mon being able to catch up to g- again. It's been awesome. And maybe next time you're in Australia, Lyle will know how to pronounce your name correctly. I'll practice. Maybe. I, I maybe. will practice between now and then. I promise I will practice my German between now and then. We'll be right back after this break. Enjoy.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Christian in 